I'm Beth Kuehl, your executive career coach and host of Breakthroughs, Smart Strategies for Business and Career Growth. Today, I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with Brad Henke. Breakout Orange is the New Black Star and Screen Actors Guild Award winner, Brad Henke makes a statement in the star-packed limited series adaptation of Stephen King's iconic 1978 novel, The Stand, which premiered recently on CBS All Access and is now available on Netflix. Brad plays Tom Cullen opposite Whoopi Goldberg, Jane Marston, Amber Heard, and Alexander Skarsgård. Hanky is an accomplished character actor in Hollywood, appearing in some of the most iconic TV series, including Lost, Orange is the New Black, and Justified, and in a number of films, including the David Iyer films, Fury and Bright, and opposite Maggie Gyllenhaal in Sherry Baby and Choke with Sam Rockwell. Before heading into acting, Hanky was drafted out of college into the NFL for the New York Giants. He was subsequently picked up by the Denver Broncos and played in Super Bowl XXIV against the San Francisco 49ers. Brad's here on my show today to share lessons he learned making a dramatic career transition from NFL football player to an accomplished TV and screen actor. This episode offers inspiration and heartfelt practical advice from Brad, and I think it applies to anyone seeking a career transition, no matter what role or industry you're seeking. It also would appeal to anyone interested in a true remarkable story about a career transition from the physically demanding rough competitive sports world into the completely opposite world of acting, where being an astute observer of emotions of others and being in touch with one's feelings are paramount to one's success. Brad, it's great to have you on my show. Welcome. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me you make the transition from football to acting you know i wanted to be a football player since i was eight years old i I, that was my goal every day and so you know i I made it to the nfl but i had got hurt i hurt my ankle maybe two years earlier in college it dislocated and popped back in and uh everyone said i was fine but then it kind of turned arthritic so when I got cut, I was in a lot of pain, but I didn't know what else to do. So I kept trying. I played in the World League. I played in the Arena League. I kept, like, until I just couldn't do it anymore on my ankle. I've had probably seven operations on it. And so then after that, I didn't know what to do. So I was a, I started coaching at a junior college uh, for an old coach of mine. And I was really good at it, but I could see I was teaching my guys to pummel people, and they were just – destroying people and i would see these you know 18 and 19 year old kids uh you know being helped off the field and i'm like what the hell am i doing with my life just teaching kids to maul other kids you know what i mean i I lost (laughs) i lost my uh killer instinct and so after that i really didn't know what to do with my life and so then i just you know i was a private investigator i was like tried all these jobs and then um they needed extra football players to be in the background of a com- commercial i think it, i don't forget who it was but you like for a quarterback or something and i talked to this guy and he invited me to an acting class and so i was like all right and so then i what i went to this acting class i saw this guy up there crying in this scene and i was like what the hell makes this guy cry like I've, I've never really cried. I just because you know, in, in football, like you teach yourself, I'm not tired or I'm not intimidated or I'm not nervous. You know, you teach yourself not to feel things. So I was kind of blown away. I actually, yeah, I was blown away. Like I, I knew, like 
I'm hungry. I'm angry. I want to have sex. Those were like my emotions. I didn't know any emotions. <laughs> and so they're saying, Whoa, what makes you feel this? What makes you feel that? And I just started going to this class. Cause it was, uh, it was like new to me. And it was, um, you know, when I discovered that I liked it because I was figuring out things about myself and then I was, I, I felt like I was really good at it. So I didn't really share that with almost anyone I knew because you know, I had great parents, but they were really were like, not live through me, but you know what I mean? Like really got an identity through my football. And so I didn't want anyone to put that type of pressure on me through acting or that pressure on myself. And so I, um, I just started doing it and I booked my first commercial, which was for um, Hungry Hunter restaurant. Um, let me express my feelings here about your awesome soup of cheddar and beer. <laughs> you, know, like they, um, you know, what's so funny about that too. I didn't know it was like my first audition. So they hired me and, and I saw this other guy at the callback and I'm like, Oh, I got the job. And then when I, I did mine, it only took half a day. Then I saw him coming in and I realized, Oh, they thought I might just blow it. Cause and they hired both of us. They ended up using mine, which was cool. And uh -huh. then uh, my other, my, my first movie audition was for Space Jam, and I got that. I was the catcher uh, in Space Jam when he's uh, playing baseball. And so I kind of looked at that as like a sign up from the universe that, you know, this is what I should do. Uh -huh. It's really amazing because here you went from a hardcore athlete. I mean, you know, NFL, incredibly successful, and, and then had to make an adjustment. So a lot of people get really stuck when they have to make an adjustment. And here you just open yourself. It sounds like you were flexible and you kept it to yourself. And I think that's wise. You know, when you're making a transition, sometimes you just open yourself up to whatever comes your way and, and you don't have to talk about it. You just kind of allow that to happen. Like you said, the universe is speaking to you, but it's also because from what you shared, uh, you opened yourself to it. You weren't afraid of, of making that and it really is you don't know why because you you say uh you say i you know a successful football career but you know my i didn't dream of playing you know a couple years in the nfl do you know what i mean and so i looked at it as a huge fail failure and for many years people go oh you're a big guy did you ever play football i would say no it didn't uh. it didn't start you know i, I got probably out on the internet on the internet after my acting career got to a certain level but it wasn't until I became like comfortable with myself. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. didn't look at it as such a huge failure. I looked at it as, you know, hey, put it this way. I could have played in an NFL for 10 more years, but I like acting so much more. And I probably would have made more money at that time or whatever, but I can do this for the rest of my life. And I, and I love it so much more. So you just, you, but I, for the longest time, I looked at it as a, as a huge failure. So, if you try to do something from the time you're eight years old and you fail at it, well, then you're not, I didn't, I didn't care anymore. Like I've taken the worst, I've taken the worst punch from the bully and I'm, and I'm okay. You know, right. it's what's the worst thing that can happen. It well, already happened. Maybe there's something else that's meant to happen. Yeah. Right? It yeah. You, the injury, and you're referring to the injury. I'm assuming. I'm assuming just referring to not having the career that I wanted to have. So let's move on to the stand. In the stand, what attracted you to the role of Tom Collins? Because I knew that it was a very challenging role that I could either be terrible at, or, you know, like they would say, oh my God, what the hell is that guy doing? Or 
you know, I, I could, I could do a great job. It was the, it was the pressure, the fun pressure though, fun pressure, you know, and also, um, Ben Cavell, who was the, uh, one of the creators and the producer, he was also a writer on Justify uh, that I was on, as as is uh, Taylor Elmore, who was a writer on the show. And Ben also wrote for me uh, on uh, Sneaky Pete. So he called me and he's like, this is probably the most challenging role and this is the role that most needs to be updated. And he just really um, sold me on it and it seemed like such an um, awesome challenge. The role itself is Tom Collins is really the heart of the state. Totally. And he's had a tragedy, right? I mean, something tragic happened to him, correct? Yes, yes. Um, so how did you relate if, 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 you know, coming from a football background, how did you, you know, tap into your emotional side that enabled you to, you know, really project this character effective way? Well, I had had this person that I knew who was a couple years older than me in high school. His name was Ed Reinhardt Jr. And he had a football scholarship to uh, University of Colorado. And when he was playing in the game, a blood clot burst in his brain. And he was, uh, you know, forever like Tom. And he said to me once, so I saw him like years later. And he said to me, in here, still me. I was very frustrated because he was like a 4.0 student and this and that. So I really thought about that a lot. And I thought, you know, you could play this character like, you know, one dimensional, easy childish. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Which I, you know, wouldn't want to do. Um, put in there like that frustration and that need for connection. And, uh, you know, you've seen the episodes. It's like uh, Nick and, and these people are, are uh, they see potential in, in, in me. And that makes me want to do well for them and actually um, show what I'm capable of. It seems like you really not only tapped into your, uh, your emotional side, but there's something deeper going on. There's something more purposeful that you're able to project where there's real sensitivity here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, I think it's just, um, you know, what's great is I read all the scripts first before, because I had never uh, read the book. So I read the scripts first, which is great, because you know how sometimes you read a book and then you will go to a movie and you're like, why didn't they have this? Why didn't they have that in the, in the movie? Yeah. Well, I read the scripts first, so that was kind of my base of knowledge. So then when I read and listened to the book on tape, get more background on my character or add this or I should wear that, you know, it was kind of like mm -hmm. an actor's uh, cheat sheet reading the book of inspiration for other people i think who say you know i this is me this is who i am and we don't have to be rigid that's that fixed mindset that carol dweck dr carol dweck talks about in her book mindset is if we have a growth mindset you know, obviously have you were able to take yourself and be emotionally and intellectually honest with yourself and say this is what i was i learned from that and that's cool but I don't know, you sound like you're a little harder on yourself than that. But I was harder on myself, but not anymore. You know what I mean? I played in the Good. Super Bowl my rookie year. Like, how many people get to do that, you know? And then yeah. I get to be an actor the rest of my life. How many people get to do that? Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, I feel, I, feel, I feel blessed. But we're always trying to get to, like, quote, unquote, the next level or something. You know what I mean? So, so it's cool. like. I, when does that end? When does that stop? I hope <laughs> it stops on my last acting job when I'm 90-some years old. And you know what I mean? Like, I hope it never stops because. What's your best career advice? I guess my best career advice is don't worry about what anyone else thinks. 
you know, good or bad, because you might be doing something and getting a lot of accolades about it and you don't even like it. Or you might be trying to do something and, and no one believes in it and it could bring you down. So I just think that just every day, check in with yourself, you know, know what you want to do and, and go for it. It's an interesting story. I'm over, I'm over at my friend's house right now. Um, his name is Gio Parsons. And he, years ago, I used to teach acting and he took my acting class and I've known him for 15 years or something. And he's a writer and a really good actor. And he, for years, nothing was happening for him. And I was like, keep going, keep going. Cause I could see how talented he was. You know what I mean? But at a certain point mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it wasn't just me saying that he was saying that to himself too. And so he, he wrote like, I don't know how many scripts, like 10 scripts. And then last year he sold his first script, a movie called uh, Willie's Wonderland that uh, Nicolas Cage is starring in. And so he sold his first script and then now he has all these other scripts. You just have to keep going and you have to um, do it because you love it. Like I've been having a few auditions lately i don't know how i didn't get hired i'm just kidding but like i i was telling them like i've had an audition like the last four weeks and i actually feel artistically satisfied because i've been putting my heart into it and working on it and i haven't been paid anything but it's been fun to play with the characters so it's just my favorite thing <laughs> to do you know Brad, it's obvious to anyone listening that you love helping people and you actually seem to take pleasure in them achieving success. Do you have another example where you might have collaborated well or helped someone else see their strengths or bring out their strengths as an actor um, on the set? I do have a co the coaching gene in me. Um, when we were shooting the stand, uh, this uh, woman, Fiona, I don't know her last name, she, she plays Ratwoman. Well, she came in and the... Um, you know, she was new on the set, so the director gave her a direction before she even did it, which you don't really like. So we did like three takes, and I could just tell she wasn't just quite there. And so I don't even know the woman, and I'm just totally in character usually. And I just I walked over to her and I said, "Hey, this is the last take. Have you done any, like for for you, how you would like to do it?" And she's like, "No." And I said, "Do it this take." And she did. And in the middle of the take, the director was like, that's awesome. Do it like that. Do it again. And then, you know, it ended up being great for her. And her part got bigger. And she came up and thanked me. And she told me that, you know, helped her with confidence. Well, maybe it's good to have people coming from other directions to get into acting. Brad, you've got a great personality. And it shines through in this interview. I just feel like you're sitting <laughs> right next to me. You're warm, engaging, and so easy to talk with. I can imagine you're a real delight to have on the set. So just to extract a few points that Brad made today that have to do with making a successful career transition. Number one, don't listen to naysayers. I think that's so true and wise. Make sure if you have a failure or a setback, don't take it so personally. Just look out to see what else would be possible and develop new skills. Be a curious learner. And along the way, try to help other people out. You'll build your network that way. You could see that Brad was, shows some really great examples of how he was really a team player and helped friends and helped other people on the set. I think that will bode well for him and it would bode well for you. Thanks so much, Brad, for coming on today. It was really fun talking with you. And thanks to my listeners for listening.